Well, if you are new um, to this church today or on the podcast, we just want to welcome you and tell you that we're so excited that you're here with us. Um, So we're in this series called The Table, and I want to take you back a couple of weeks and kind of get you um, up to date so that it can prepare you for today's word. So um, we kicked off this series. Um, Our first week was on Easter Sunday, and we had the um, honor of serving another local church, and we had some people bust in, and um, we had our families and our friends here, and um, we served up a banquet of food, and it was, I heard it was amazing. Unfortunately, I was not able to be here. Um, so, well, thank you. So um, in our second week, uh, Mike and Sherry Crowey um, described the table being a place to create biblical sorry, biblical worldview, um, specifically for our children, um, that this was a place to teach and counsel, disciple, and encourage our families, and how these conversations that we have around the table um, have a ripple effect of passing on this biblical worldview generation after generation. And last week, we got to hear an awesome word from Rochelle. Um, It was um, about the table being a place where you come into the very presence of God and um, that it's your responsibility to pull up a seat to the table and that also that there is an importance in the calling that God's got on your life, but there is an even bigger importance of being in his presence, walking that calling out. And so um, I have to tell you how honored I am to be here today um, and to be giving this word to you. Um, see, six years ago, I dedicate, rededicated my life to the Lord. Um, I had just met my husband, Andrew. We were in a church in Dallas, Texas. And just a few months after I had um, given my life back to the Lord, um, we were sitting in church one day, and I remember very vividly um, the pastor and everything, but I felt God calling me to preach. He was like, I am calling you to preach my word. And I was like, ha ha, funny. Um, Pretty sure I didn't even finish college doing what I wanted to go to school for. Uh, I'm not going to school to become a preacher. Not going to happen. So I kind of laughed it off. Um, But that burning um, desire that he had given me, um, and it was a desire. I I knew I wanted to do it, and I knew I was being called to do it. it never left. And so fast forward here, um, he specifically planted us in this church, and I have been given the opportunity to fulfill that calling that God's had on my life. Um, I have been giving God's word, and I started in kids, and now I'm giving God's word in students. And today, like Heather said, is my first time to give um, our main church the word of God. So um, interestingly enough, when we were at our teaching team meeting a couple of months back, um, I felt the Lord calling me to preach in this series, The Table. And I thought that I had a good idea why, but I didn't really know the exact reason until a couple of days later when my husband sent me a text message. And this text message wasn't just any text message. It was actually a screenshot that of a text that he had sent me within I'd say days of when the Lord was first calling me to preach, like days. And we're going to put it up on the screen because I want to read it to you guys because it has huge significance. Um, It says, in these days for praise, 
we have so much to praise God for. Isn't it wonderful that he never runs out of whatever it is we need? Never. When he invites us to his table, which he sets himself, he does not serve us crumbs and crust, nor leftovers, but rather sets before us a banquet of love and kindness, grace, mercy, and peace. And he always tells us to hurry back and bring our friends. Guys, God gave me the word that I was supposed to preach to you today, six years ago. How often do you send a text message to somebody and screenshot it and keep it? I mean, that just doesn't happen. And my husband doesn't ever go through his pictures. So the fact that he was going through his pictures and found this. And my favorite part at the bottom, I don't know if it's still up. My favorite part at the bottom, it says, you can kind of see where it says, you're sweet with a little smiley. Like, this really had no significance to me six years ago. But today, wow, this was a word from God. And he was giving me what I was going to preach on today. So... I'm going to preach on this exact thing. I'm going to preach on the table that the Lord invites us to, that he sets himself, that he goes before us, excuse me, (laughs) that he serves us a banquet of love and kindness and grace and mercy and forgiveness. Let us pray. Father in heaven, I just thank you so much. I thank you so much for the calling that you've placed on my life and every single life of the people in this building, the people listening on the podcast, all of your people, God. Thank you for making a way to make your will come to pass. We love you so much. I pray that you would open the hearts of people today to hear the word that you would have them hear. I pray that I would not speak anything that is not of you. Only the words that come out of my mouth are from you, Lord. I'm declaring that in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. Amen. All right, so we are going to discuss three parts of this table. The invitation to the table, the banquet that the Lord serves us up at the table, and then our responsibility at the table. So the first part is this invitation. This invitation into the kingdom of God, or this invitation to the Lord's table. And his name is Jesus. If you will turn with me to John 3.16. If you don't have your Bibles, it'll be up on the screen. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. 1 John 5.11 and 12. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son, Jesus. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. So through this invitation, Jesus, we get to enter into the kingdom of heaven and join the table, a place where there is a seat for everyone, that whomever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And it is because of the life and of the death and the resurrection of Jesus that we are able to experience salvation, freedom from our sins. And I love how Romans 6, 6 puts it, our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. We are dead to our old selves. 
And once we receive Jesus and we give our lives to Christ and we believe in our hearts that he's our Lord and Savior, we get to pull up a seat. We get new life, a new life, guys. We get to come into this relationship with him and walk with him and be in his very presence. And at this table where we are in the presence of the living God, living by the spirit within us, we are being served up a banquet of his goodness, love and kindness and grace and mercy and forgiveness, peace. Which leads me into part two of the table, the banquet that he is serving us up. If you'll turn to Galatians 5, 16, it says, so I say, live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. We're gonna skip down to 22, where Paul describes that those who seek the Lord and live by the spirit will bear the fruits of the spirit. Verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness. Can we all be a little more kind? Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You see, when we begin to seek the Lord and we spend time with him by being in God's word through prayer and through worship, we actually begin to walk our lives living by the spirit that lives within us. And it's here that we get to experience this unity with Christ where we get served up a banquet of his goodness, this love and patience and kindness, grace and mercy, the fruits of the spirit. And I believe that when we're bearing this kind of fruit, we are a powerful weapon for the kingdom of God. We join an army of people who are ready to push back the gates of hell. And we really believe your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I believe in this heaven on earth. I believe it. When we are walking in his favor and his grace, we are bearing this fruit We're doing things like seeing a stranger on the side of the road that ran out of gas. We're filling their tanks up with gas. We're showing an act of kindness. That's heaven on earth. We're doing things like forgiving a friend or a relative who doesn't deserve forgiveness. We're showing forgiveness. That is heaven on earth or encouraging a mom at the grocery store who's struggling with her littles, showing an act of love, that is heaven on earth. And don't get me wrong, guys. This doesn't mean that we walk through life in a field of roses and cupcakes and we don't experience trials because we actually expect trials. We expect them because the enemy is ticked off. He is ticked. We just experience those trials a little bit differently. We've had a shift in our perspective. Because even in our trials, if we are living by the Spirit within us, and we are bearing this fruit of the Spirit, 
then we are still able to conquer things through Christ Jesus. I'm going to give you an example of this in my own life. This isn't a specific trial, but this is um, trials. <laughs> um, conflict. Before I gave my life to Christ, the way that I handled conflict was very ugly. I responded with verbal hatred and even sometimes physical hatred. I was a very ugly person. But now, when I have conflict, when someone's in front of me, maybe slandering me or talking bad about me or yelling at me, I'm able to be still, experience peace, be calm, and almost always walk away forgiving them. Now, that's a gift. That, that doesn't mean that everybody can do that. But I will tell you this, that is not of me. That is not of me. That is Jesus. That is bearing the fruits of the Spirit. Because me, that, that is the new life. That's the new Christie. Because the old Christie didn't respond like that. That person's dead, though. She's gone. So if we're living by this Spirit, we're bearing the fruit of the Spirit. If you guys will turn with me to John 15, verses 5 through 8. We're going to be in this for, for a few minutes. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So Jesus is saying here, if we live by the Spirit, we will bear this fruit that Paul's talking about, this love and patience and kindness and grace and mercy and forgiveness. And I would challenge that if you are not bearing this kind of fruit, have you really said yes? Are you really at the table? Are you actively pursuing a relationship with the Lord? Are you in your Bible? Are you on your knees in prayer? Are you living by the Spirit within you? Because it's very clear right here. It says, if anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. And I don't know about you, but I want my branches to bear fruit. We're going to look on to verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be giving you. Whoa. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. Do you know that I wholeheartedly believe this? And some of you may be going, what? <laughs> I do. Now, do I believe that I can pray a Shelby GT into my driveway? 
No, I don't. Because that's a selfish prayer. That has nothing to do with bringing God glory. I'm talking about the kind of asking where my husband and I are praying for months and months for God to fill a house next to us that's been empty with a family that we can love and a family that we can serve, a family that we can speak truth into. And you know what? God over exceeded every expectation of that ask that we could have ever asked for. He brought the most beautiful, amazing family into that house. That's heaven on earth. You see, I believe when our hearts are so intimately and genuinely aligned with his, our ask whatever you wish, it's not about us, it's about him. We're not going to ask for selfish things. We're going to ask for kingdom things. The things that are going to advance and glorify the kingdom of God. A place of absolute, genuine faith. Genuine faith. And I strongly believe that when you're in this place in your faith walk, in your faith walk, with the spirit of God, he's pouring out an overabundance of his grace and his favor on you because he sees the very condition of your heart. And it's here where you are in him and he is in you that I believe you will be given anything that you ask for because you are chasing after him and the advancement of his kingdom. And you know what my favorite part is? This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I love that through asking and receiving, he gets the glory. He gets the glory. And I believe one of the, the biggest ways this happens is through sharing our answered prayers. When God blesses us with an answered prayer, we've got to share that because I've literally seen the faith of a person grow immensely because of an answered prayer for another person, not even for them. That happens all the time. We've got to remember to give God the glory. And so as we move into this last part of the table, our responsibility at the table and we're sitting at the table asking him for more. I ask you this. What do we do with the overabundance of goodness that the Lord is serving us up at his table? What do we do with it? Do we hoard it for ourselves? For our families? I believe we're given very clear instructions in Matthew 28, verse 19. Therefore, Go. And I'm going to stop right there because there's so much importance in this word. The definition of the word go is to move from one place of point to another, to depart or to leave. And I love that go is an action word. I love that it's not sit or be still. It involves actually doing something. And I love even more that this word directly coincides with the very foundation of this church, Church 214. 
Because in Acts 2.14, Peter stepped forward. Or in another translation, it says stood up. He, stu- he stepped forward and he went. He took all that he had been given and he went. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So what do we do, church? We stand up, we step forward, and we go. We go into our families, discipling to our families. We go into our jobs, discipling in our jobs. We go into our grocery stores. We go into the convenience stores, the gas stations. Does anybody call it a convenience store anymore? (laughs) Maybe that's a Texas thing. I don't know. And we pour out this overabundance that we've been given. We pour it out onto other people. We pour out our kindness. We pour out forgiveness. We pour out mercy and grace and goodness. And we bring these people back to the table. You see, God's given you everything that you need and more right where you are for your go. Right where you are. He's positioned you to disciple to the very people that you come in contact with every single day. It's not about where you're serving in your church. It's not about preaching on a stage. It's not about leading a ministry. He's calling you to the very people that he's placed right in front of you. And some of you may say, this is a difficult thing for you. discipling to people, but I want you to let your imagination go a little bit and realize that God's given us all different gifts. So discipling doesn't necessarily always have to be um, talking to someone or telling them about Jesus. Are you good at baking? Bake some cookies. Take them to the grocery store to the guy that bags your groceries every day or every week, sorry. And you don't even have to say anything at all. That showing an act of kindness, guys, that brings people to the table. You can even write a card. If, if you don't feel like you can speak the words, write a card. You have no idea what showing an act of kindness can do for the kingdom of God. And it's our responsibility, guys, to go and bring back people back to the table. And here's the biggest, the biggest deal about it is, is that there's empty seats at the table. I want you to think about the people in your life right now and think about who's sitting at the table and who's not. Because there's a lot of people out there wandering around in the wilderness who have no clue who Jesus is. And I would say maybe even worse, there are a ton of people out there wandering around that know his name but don't believe in him. And we have a job to do. And I believe when we're bearing this fruit of the Spirit and we're going out and pouring out into the people in our lives of this overabundance of goodness that God's given us, we are slowly walking people to the table. Um, you know, I love if gathering. If 
you don't know what If Gathering is, it's a women's ministry, and they host a conference once a year in Texas, and our church, our church has um, the honor to be able to host a satellite of, of their um, event, but If Gathering's calling is to disciple a generation, and I think, like, if you look at that, you just look at it like disciple a generation, that's a big, huge calling, but the thing that I love most about it is the simplicity in their perspective, because they believe that if we all actively discipled one to two people every year in our life, if we actively were pouring into one or two people, that we could accomplish this this calling. And I believe that it could massively affect the kingdom of God. I do. And I'm not saying that's for everybody, but I definitely think that they're onto something. So as I begin to close, I'm going to ask you three things. First thing, have you said yes? Have you accepted the invitation? Jesus. Have you declared that he is the Lord and the Savior of your heart and that you want to walk this life out with him? And if you're sitting there saying, no, I, I haven't accepted this invitation, Jesus, into my heart. But you're like, I want to. I'm saying yes right now. If you feel the Lord tugging at your heart, I'm so excited about that. He wants you to join the kingdom of heaven. He wants, he wants to be able to spend eternity with you. Or maybe you're somebody that's sitting here that's saying, you know what, I've said yes before but I've walked away, I've fallen back and I'm just not at the table right now and you feel the Lord tugging at your heart and you're saying, you know what? I wanna come back to the table. I wanna seek you, Jesus. I want this relationship with you. I'm just gonna pray this prayer and I urge you, if that's you, if that's you in your seat right now and you wanna say yes, just in your heart and in the depths of your soul, just pray this prayer. You don't have to stand up. You don't have to, you don't have to do anything. It's, it's about your heart condition. It's about Jesus sees your heart. He knows. So if that's you, Lord, just pray this in your spirit. Lord, you see the people who are saying yes to you right now. You, you are chasing after them actively. Lord, we're asking that you would come into our hearts, that you would save us from a life of sin, that you would save us, that we could be free of our shame and of our guilt, that we could enter into the kingdom of heaven. Lord, we're saying yes to you right now. We want to come to the table. Thank you for saving us, Jesus. Thank you for saving us. We love you. The second thing I'm going to ask you is what are you doing with the overabundance of goodness that the Lord has given you? How are you actively showing kindness throughout your day? What does forgiveness look like in your life? And the last thing is who are you bringing to the table? Who is it? And some of you may know who those people are that you're bringing to the table, and some of you may not. I, 
I encourage you to ask, pray to God, ask him to deliver those names into your heart so that you can seek after those people and pursue them. I'm going to grab my Bible because I have something for you guys. I'm going to close with this prayer from Ephesians. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of the glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know that his love surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church, in Jesus Christ, throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.